Welcome back, everyone. We have a lot of news to get to in this episode. The layoffs are heating up. We even have companies outside of tech now starting to do layoffs. Ford just announced that they're laying off 3,000 employees. Spotify says that they're laying off 6% of their workforce. Google, of course, just got done laying off 5% of their workforce, over 13,000 employees. And the activist investor that was previously encouraging Google to do these layoffs just wrote another letter another letter to Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Google, saying that you're not done. You're just getting started with your layoffs. We're going to look at that letter and see what his demands are. Then, of course, we have Salesforce, one of the big companies in my portfolio. We have Elliott Management taking a large stake in the company. So in this episode, we're going to be going over that Elliott Management news, and I'll be trying to read between the lines of what they're likely to do, because I think that we can try to figure that out. So as always, we have a lot to get to in this episode, a lot to cover. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Now, before we jump into the news, I want to do a quick portfolio update. For those of you new, this is something that I do that I think is fairly unique. I show the returns of my portfolio with transparency every single week. Now, right now, the story fund's in the red. 36% money weighted. If I look at the holdings, I'm down 20%. Uh, A lot of these companies have just gone down. Basically, all the tech companies from 2021. So we're basically trying to claw our way back. That's the game right now. Trying to work our way back into the green. Work our way back up against the S&P 500. This is what the portfolio looks like right now. It's a lot of the big tech names. Uh, A lot of people criticize me. They say, Joseph, you're not, you know, I have no creativity because I'm investing in big tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm fine with that. I like big tech. I think the companies are at great valuations and I think they have incredibly strong core businesses. So I like being invested in big tech, but there are other companies that I'm looking at as well. Now, overall, again, most of these companies are in the red. I've sold some companies that I've made some gains on and I think overall the portfolio is headed in the right direction. For example, in just the past 30 days, we're up almost 14%. $14,000. And I still think that my companies are at decent valuations. If we look at this compared against the S&P 500, this is the latest update as of today. This is what it looks like. You can see right here, we're making a little bit of a comeback, right? The story fund's doing good. It's going up over the past month or so. A lot of companies have done really well. Netflix has had a great month. I sold a shoe company called Crocs at a pretty good gain as well. That helped out as well. But we still have some territory to cover. We still have a little bit between us and the S&P 500. So we're working our way back. Now, moving on to the main story here, which is the explosion of layoffs. I first want to start by looking at an old video of mine. This one is exactly six months old and it's on this channel. So we can go back to this video. The video is called Layoffs Are Coming. Go ahead and move on to the main subject of today, which is layoffs. The first thing I want to say on this topic is that, in my opinion, it's inevitable. It's like Jon Snow saying winter is coming. Layoffs are coming. They're going to happen, I believe, at a very accelerated pace. We just went through a very unique time period where we didn't only have the Fed, but we also had the central government giving economic and fiscal stimulus 
to every company and every employee, every individual, all at the same time. Money galore. Everyone has infinite money, right? That was the case for just a short window, a very short period of time. The stipulation, the big contract with the government to get these loans forgiven was that you had to keep your employees employed. That's how you got those stimulus and PPP checks. Now, that is gone. That excess demand is gone. That fiscal stimulus is completely gone. Now companies are in a situation where all these employees have bid up their wages higher and higher and higher during unique and very short-lived window of excess demand for employees. And now these employees are very expensive and the companies aren't seeing the same demand that they used to see. Obviously, that was a prediction six months ago and we can look and see what's happened since then. Here's a visual of what it looks like. We have Every single company by month that's announcing layoffs, and then you have the total amount. We have December, 40,000 layoffs announced. And then in January, so far, we have 75,000 layoffs announced. They have, they've ticked up like crazy. They're growing dramatically. And again, I do not think this is over. You might think that this wave of layoffs is just the whole thing. In my opinion, I think it's getting started. I think these companies will likely continue to do this. A mistake that companies often make is that they don't want to lay off that many employees, so they only cut 5% of the workforce when they should have cut 10, and then they end up doing two rounds of layoffs, which looks and feels even worse for the company. But either way, my prediction is we're going to continue to see this trend of growing layoffs. So let's go ahead and look at some of the companies doing these layoffs. We have Ford here doing 3,000 layoffs. And this is one that wasn't even included in that previous list because this isn't a tech company. So Ford's laying off 3,000 employees and they basically just say that they're cutting costs, they're, they're changing their company a little bit so some of the employees aren't needed anymore. And this represents about 1% of the workforce. So this one isn't too bad. But then we also have Spotify. Spotify's laying off 6% of the workforce. That's a pretty hefty layoff. Now Spotify's CEO, Daniel Ek, says, quote, over the last few months, we made a considerable effort to rein in costs, but it simply hasn't been enough. So while it is clear this path is the right one for Spotify, it doesn't make it any easier. But the truth is a lot of these companies really overhired over the past couple years. That's the hard truth. We look at Spotify, for example. The company's laying off 6% of the workforce. If we bring up the actual free cash flow of the company and compare that against what they're paying employees, even though they're producing cash flows, it looks similar to a lot of other unprofitable companies where their expense and employees simply surpasses their cash flows. So these companies can't run like this sustainably forever. The point here is this is unnecessary. A lot of these companies put themselves in this situation by overhiring unnecessarily. And Google was certainly one of them. They've already gotten rid of 5% of their workforce. And the troubling news for Google employees is it's likely not done. That is my prediction. If you're a Google employee, there's no one in the world that you hate more right now than Chris Hone. Chris Hone is an activist investor. He controls a huge fund. It's like $20 billion, and he has a seven, six to $7 billion investment into Google. So he owns a lot of the company. He has a lot of sway, a lot of power over what happens with Google. And he is the one that's basically responsible for the company laying off 5% of the workforce. Now, Google laid off 5% of the workforce, 
And then Chris Hone wrote another letter to the CEO, Sundar Pichai. Here we go. This is the letter from the activist investor to the CEO of Google. Dear Sundar, I have appreciated our recent dialogue concerning Alphabet's cost base. I'm encouraged to see that you are now taking some action to right-size Alphabet's cost base and understand that it is never easy decision to let people go. I argued in my previous letter that Alphabet's headcount has grown beyond what is required operationally. Over the last five years, Alphabet more than doubled its headcount, which I, I just have to agree with this activist investor. It's crazy that they doubled their headcount in five years, adding over 100,000 employees, of which 30,000 were added in the first nine months of 2022 alone. They added 30,000 employees in nine months. The decision to cut 12,000 jobs is a step in the right direction, but it does not even reverse the very strong headcount growth in 2022. Ultimately, management will need to go further. Importantly, management should also take the opportunity to address excessive employee compensation. He's going after their compensation packages now. And Google employees do make a lot. A lot of the people being laid off are making excess of 500,000 per year to $1 million per year in total compensation. He says the median salary of Alphabet in 2021 amounted to nearly 300000 and the average salary is much higher. Competition for talent in the technology industry has fallen significantly, allowing Alphabet to materially reduce compensation per employee. In particular, Alphabet should limit stock-based compensation given the depressed share price. I hope to have further dialogue with you on these matters in due course. He's laying down the hammer there. And again, he highlights right here something that's a drum that I've been beating for a long period of time. He says, in particular, Alphabet should limit the amount of stock-based compensation given the depressed share price. Now, again, we use the different examples here. We have Apple right here, and you can just look at this proportionality. There's the stock-based compensation. There's the free cash flow last year. We can swing over to Google here. Google's looks very different. We bring up the chart here and the stock-based compensation, instead of making up like one-tenth of the free cash flow like Apple's, it makes up more like four-tenths, makes up 40%. And the interesting thing between these two companies is that Google is a higher margin business. Apple has to make devices and make phones and make iPads and they have to, you know, they have supply chains that they have to manage and they have to get manufacturing in China and India. Google doesn't have to do any of that. But somehow Google's running a business with higher margins, but they're not running it as efficiently as Apple. And there's big activist investors simply pointing this out. Google, you're not running the business as efficiently as possible. So we have the activist investor here basically pointing out that elephant in the room. The employee cost is still significantly higher than it needs to be. And Google as a company is not running as efficiently as it can. So look, a lot of people get angry when I talk about layoffs. Don't blame me, I'm the messenger here. I didn't hire all these employees, I'm not firing all of these employees. But the truth of the matter is, a lot of this again is caused by the companies themselves. I wish these companies took a more disciplined approach to iteratively and slowly and in a measured way hiring employees instead of hiring 30,000 in less than a year. It's a very undisciplined way to grow a company and we're seeing the pain being felt by people's lives being upended now. Now we also have this news going over to Salesforce. Yesterday it was revealed that Elliott Management took a large stake in Salesforce. If you're not familiar with Elliott Management, it's ran by Paul Singer. He's the one over it and he's considered 
probably the most feared investor in all of Wall Street. He's a very aggressive activist investor. Now, even though Elliott Management is one of the more feared activist investors, they always start off saying that they want to be constructive and they talk like they're taking a very soft approach. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So we have Jesse Cohen here. He's from Elliott Management. And he posted on Twitter right here, Salesforce is one of the preeminent software companies in the world. And having followed them for nearly two decades, we have developed a deep respect for Mark Benioff and what he has built. We look forward to working constructively with Salesforce to realize the value befitting of a company of its stature. So even Elliott Management says that they're going to start off very constructively, but don't be fooled. If they do need to get a little pushy, they will. They're not afraid to heavily influence the direction of a company with their massive wallet. Now, Salesforce is up 4% after the news. I think overall investors are looking at this as a positive thing because unlike a lot of companies that are running with a lot of cost discipline, Salesforce is another one that has room to improve. This company cannot be accused of running on a strict budget with a close attention to margins. And like many of the companies that I've been highlighting, the huge discrepancy between the amount of free cash flows, the cost of paying employees, Salesforce is one of the worst. It has one of the worst charts. Literally 50% of the free cash flow is eaten up by huge stock-based compensation. So I think this is likely going to be something they address. Employee pay, cost structure there. We also have the company spending a significant, a huge amount of its revenue on sales and marketing. So there's probably some room that they can improve cost structure there as well. Now, all of that is what I think they're likely to do because Elliott Management hasn't come out and said specifically what they plan on doing. And on that note, we have some other speculation of what they're likely planning to do. This is from Needham. My guess is this um, this outcome is all about margin expansion. We've been on the sidelines on Salesforce's stock for about five years with uh, the primary thesis on this is not a very profitable company given its size, and especially you know given what we think is one of the largest and most expensive costs of customer acquisitions in all the SaaS software space today. So we think they're going to be friendly, but friendly is going to be all about drive new margins at the. So he thinks it's a margin expansion story as well, and I completely agree with that. He says. By the size of the company, the huge market cap, it's not the most profitable company, and that's very true. Salesforce and Adobe are very similar companies in some ways, different in others, but Adobe makes a lot more profit by the size of its market cap than Salesforce does, because Salesforce doesn't have nearly as good of margins as Adobe. You know, if you look at the company's growth rate over the last two to three years relative to its growth of employee headcount, employee headcount still above the revenue growth of the company, even after the recent reduction in force that was announced of roughly 10%. Salesforce is another company, another in the long list of tech companies that has been growing its employee count faster than the rate of their revenue growth. And tech is supposed to be scalable. Scalable literally means that you can do more with less. Your margins should be going up, but these companies have been doing just the opposite. We would not be surprised if it's another 5 to 10%. So Needham thinks that they're likely to lay off another 5 to 10% of the workforce. And they probably can. Based off the numbers and how much they've hired, that's probably something they could do. 
but part of it's just a philosophy and on how the company spends money, how they uh, uh, you know talk to customers and actually acquire that customer at the end of the day. Yes, I do expect another maybe five to, like I said, eight to ten percent of, of layoffs. But we think it's a structural shift in, in how the company operates is really what needs to be uh, um, exercised here. But a structural change in the way the company operates. What does that likely mean? Well, we can see that a lot of these tech companies have incredible perks. You can go and eat fine dining every single day on the company's expense. You have big meetups. You have Dreamforce that costs millions of dollars. They spend a lot of money on a lot of things that are kind of unnecessary, but they could get away from it at a time of low interest rates, easy money, a time of rapid growth. Investors weren't paying too much attention to it. Now that's changed. So I think in a way, what's happening with companies like Salesforce is they're kind of going like Twitter before Elon Musk and after Elon Musk. Not quite as aggressively by any means, but I think that's the route these companies are going. Investors are forcing the executives to pay attention to the cost structure. And I'll also mention one of the things that these activist investors do, like Elliott Management, when they buy a stake in a company, is they make it easier for companies to do something that they already know they should be doing. For example, we have Mark Benioff here, who's the face of Salesforce. He's a very he's a very social person. He's always on uh, different shows like CNBC. He's always saying his opinion on Twitter, right? And he's, he's looked at as a lovable guy, a likable guy. That's what he wants to be known as. So he doesn't want to go and gut 20% of the Salesforce workforce. That's something that he doesn't want to do. Well, having Elliott Management take a multi-billion dollar stake and just even having that ownership, it kind of gives him cover. He can say, look, people, it's not me doing this. I, I, you know, I have investors. These guys are forcing me to do this. It's against my choice. They'll fire me if I don't do this, right? That gives him a scapegoat, someone that he can throw the blame over to and say they're the ones responsible. I'm still the likable uh, Mark Benioff. I'm still the likable, lovable CEO. Now, look, again, I know that layoffs are not fun. It's not something enjoyable to do. I don't think any company really enjoys doing it. And I wish these companies, again, exercised more discipline in their hiring so that they could have avoided this altogether. But I will mention, from an investor perspective, if you're looking at the expected returns of a stock, these type of companies are incredible companies. And the big problem, the big hurdle for these investments was inefficient use of their free cash flow, hiring tens of thousands of employees, doing lots of pet projects, spending free cash flow on various things instead of returning it to the investor. And I strongly believe that as these companies have a strict focus on the cost structure, as they move more in that direction, I think they'll become more attractive. I really do. We've seen this happen with Netflix. Netflix is a good example of this. Six months ago, the company announced that it was laying off some employees, it was restructuring, it was really trying to do well for the investors because the company was under a lot of pressure. And in the past six months, following those layoffs and looking at their cost structure, Netflix is up 57% in price. The company just knocked its earnings out of the park. The company's running more efficiently than ever now. This company got ahead of it. And a lot of companies right now, they're starting to catch up. So I think ultimately, even though this is going to be a painful transition for these companies and they're going to have one-time expenses with severance packages, I really think overall down the road, it makes the company more attractive when they are focused on these expenses. So that's my thoughts overall. I hope you enjoyed the update. If you haven't already, subscribe to the channel. Check out the Patreon. There's a link in the description. You get access to Qualtrim. You get access to a Discord community with over 100 exclusive episodes. So check that out if you haven't. Other than that, I'll see you in the next one.